In those days, a decree went out from Caesar, and so everyone went to their town to be registered. Joseph went up from Nazareth to the city of Bethlehem along with Mary. And when they were there, it came time for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in cloth, and laid him in a manger. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the field at night and keeping watch over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born. For you who is the Messiah, the Lord. Let's give it up for our band. Yeah. You know, there's a lot that I love about the Christmas season. I love the music like we just sang today. I love the movies. You know, I love the friends and the family. I love worshiping together on Christmas Eve. But I think what really sits under all, underneath all of that is that feeling of anticipation. You know, I remember Christmas Eve when I was a kid and not being able to sleep because I was so excited uh, for Christmas morning. How many of you kids in here are excited for Christmas morning tomorrow? Yeah, all of you, absolutely. Well, this year, that anticipation, it began in our house uh, much earlier than expected because in the first week of October, this book arrived at our house. Has anyone seen this book before? Maybe families, if you buy things from Amazon. Okay. This is the Amazon Holiday Dash book. Now, because of Amazon's desire to really serve families... Uh, they send you a book of toys that you don't sign up for and to get your kids ready for Christmas in October. So, and if you see in the bottom corner, there's over 600 toys and gift ideas in here. And what was really helpful was Amazon gave you a list in here. Yeah, little list. There's enough room for 11 items. Now, I have two sons. They're nine and six years old. They didn't use this list. They circled the items because... When they gave it back to us, there were 38 items in here (laughs) circled. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But when this book arrived at our home 12 weeks ago, something changed. Didn't matter what our kids were thinking that day. It didn't matter who they were with or what plans they had. This book did something to them. It laser-focused their attention on Christmas. It became the most important thing to them. And seeing our kids react that day to this book showing up in the mailbox, it reminded me of something that's true of all of us, and it's that our future hope impacts our present reality. What we look forward to, what we long for, our desire for for things in the future, all those things, they change how we live our lives today. What we think about, the decisions that we make, what we give our time and our money and our attention to, the future hope of a job, or of a career move that impacts your present work ethic. You work longer hours. You go above and beyond. You do things outside of your job description so that you'll be noticed, or maybe you'll get that job promotion. The future hope of retirement impacts how much you save and you budget right now. 
the future hope of a child or of an adoption being finalized or of a family. That impacts your decisions that you make today, how you spend your time. We put our future hope in things that we believe will satisfy us, that will bring us joy and fulfillment. And God wired us in this way to be people who have longings, who desire for more. But what's often challenging for us is when our future hopes seem so far away from our present reality. The book of Proverbs in the Old Testament is a book uh, filled with wisdom and guidance for really how to live well. And it says this in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. It says this, hope delayed makes the heart sick. The longer and longer we hope for something, the less we begin to believe that it will actually ever come true. For the people of God, over hundreds of years, they had been waiting, waiting for a rescuer to arrive in the world and to redeem them. Since the very beginning of everything, they had been waiting for a Messiah, a chosen one, one who would come and who would set things right with the world. There were prophecies that God had given them about this Messiah in the past, messages that God had given them about what was going to happen in the future. We see these in the Old Testament. Psalm 132 speaks of a Messiah who would come from the line of David. Isaiah chapter 9 tells us that a child would be born who would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And then later in Isaiah 53, it speaks of a suffering servant that would bring us peace by taking our sins onto himself. All of these prophecies, they shaped the future hope that the people of God possessed. But as time passed, hundreds and hundreds of years, that Messiah still hadn't arrived. And that hope was delayed further and further away. But one night in Bethlehem, everything changed. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says this. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you. Who is the Messiah? The Lord. On an ordinary night in Bethlehem, some shepherds were just doing what they did every night. They were watching over their sheep. But an angel shows up, and the glory of the Lord shines around them, causing these shepherds to be terrified. And the angel shares with them the most important message they would ever hear in their life. The angel said this, I proclaim to you good news of great joy. There's nothing better than getting good news from someone, right? Think about the moments in your life that this has happened to you. You got the job. You got accepted. You're cancer-free. It's a boy. It's a girl. On this night, an angel tells the shepherds something has happened in Bethlehem that is good news of great Joy, But this news they're about to hear, it doesn't just impact them. It is much bigger in scale. It's good news of great joy that will be for all the people. What happened that night that the shepherds were told about, it went far beyond just them. It was good news on a global scale. It was more than just the shepherds, more than just the people of Bethlehem, more than just the people, the, the Jewish people. It was, great, it was good news of great joy for all people. Everyone in the world, 
in every time, in every place, would be impacted by what happened on this night. And this was the news. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. On that night, the one they had been waiting for, a Messiah, an anointed one, was born. Over hundreds of years before this, the Jewish people, they would gather, they would worship, they would open the scriptures, and they would pray, and they would look forward to this event, that a Messiah would come for them. After the shepherds received this news, they, they run to Bethlehem to, to see Mary and Joseph and to see this baby with their own eyes that the angel had told them about. And what they see is just a normal, healthy baby boy born to two ordinary people. But after they see Jesus, look at what they do. Verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. After everything that happens that night, they go back to their sheep. This was their life's work, right? The next day they woke up and they were still shepherds. But even though they went back to their normal lives, they were not the same people. These ordinary shepherds experienced the grace of their extraordinary God. They got to see the Messiah, the object of their hope, the one God had promised them. See, for the shepherds, the news they heard that night, it changed them. It changed everything. Their future hope was impacted by their present reality, that a Messiah had been born for them. You know, in a way, we're all like those shepherds 2,000 years ago that the angel spoke to. Our future hope impacts our present reality. Those future hopes that we have, they fill our minds. We often think of them as a, as a finish line that we're, that we're working toward, right? That we make decisions about. And sometimes, by the grace of God, those hopes become a future reality. What we look forward to with anticipation, they actually show up in front of us. You get the job. The situation works out. You have a child. You get what you circled in the Amazon Holiday Dash book, right? Earlier I read Proverbs 13, 12 about hope delayed making a heart sick, but I actually only read the first half of the verse. The rest of the verse says this, Hope delayed makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Having our desires fulfilled, it's often a life-giving thing, right? It, it can bring happiness. But while it's encouraging to get what we hope for, we can often find that we're disappointed when what we had hoped for, what we had worked so hard to get, it doesn't do for us what we were hoping it would. You know, I have some great memories of, of getting what I wanted for Christmas as a kid. I remember waking up Christmas morning and unwrapping the toy or the game or the model or whatever it was that I poured over in this magazine. And while it did bring momentary happiness and fun, it never lasted. It faded over time. Because those things that I desired, those things I hoped for, they could never satisfy the deeper need that I had. The deeper need that every single one of us have in our humanity. Today, we're all in various stages of life. We have different desires. 
different longings, different aspirations. And all of those future hopes, they change how we live today in the present. They change how we spend our time, our money, our energy. And many of us are convinced that if we just get that thing, that'll be it. We'll have what we need. But even when we do, we still find ourselves longing. Our hope just moves on to something else because there's always something else, right? The next job, the next purchase, the next experience. And this is because even though each one of us are different in where our hopes lie, we all share one longing that is deeper than any other. A longing that we may not even realize that we have. A universal ache that only has one solution. And that ache is that all of us were made to experience life with God. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 says that God has set eternity into the hearts of mankind. That every person who has ever lived has this eternal longing that only God can satisfy. But we often try and fill it with other things, with substitutes, more stuff, more comfort, more experiences. But those things can never satisfy us in the way that our Creator only can. There was a theologian and a philosopher who lived about 300 years after Jesus. His name was Augustine. And he described that universal ache that we have in this way. He says, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Regardless of where those future hopes that we have, regardless of where those lie, we all share this restlessness of the heart that is only meant for God to satisfy. And Christmas is the celebration of that need being met. It's the story of future hope becoming present reality. The story of God coming near and fulfilling the prophecies that he spoke over hundreds and hundreds of years. It's the story of our greatest need being met by our great Savior, Jesus, our Messiah. This universal ache that we have, it can't be satisfied on our own. And that's because of our sin. Our failure to reflect the image of God in our nature, attitude, and our actions, no matter how good we are, no matter how hard we try, we cannot do it on our own. And that is why the Christmas story matters. Because this baby born in Bethlehem would grow up and he'd live the perfect life that none of us could. Jesus was without sin. He was perfect. But he would go to the cross for sinners the imperfect for all of us. And his death for our sins would make a way for us to experience life with God, for that restlessness to be satisfied in the forgiveness of sin that comes by faith. Three days after he would die, Jesus resurrected to prove that he was God and that sin and Satan and death would be conquered forever. Think about yourself today, this Christmas Eve, is your heart restless today? Where is your hope? What are you trusting in that will satisfy you? While many of these desires may be for, for good things, don't expect them to satisfy for you what only God can. 
Choose to follow Christ today. Celebrate like the shepherds did that night. Glorify and praise God for what you have seen and from what you have heard in the scriptures today. Celebrate who Jesus is, what he's done, the beautiful gift of salvation that he offers you today. If you've never done that, that salvation, it comes in one way. It comes by faith, by trusting in Jesus, what he's done, by recognizing that you need saving from your sin, that you cannot do it on your own, but that Jesus has done it for you. If you are a Christian today, maybe you've known that, you heard that years ago, choose to treasure that gift fresh today. That your identity is secure as a child of God. That you are secure because of your faith in Christ. That your greatest need was met by a great Savior, Jesus, our Messiah. And finally this, that our future hope became a present reality on Christmas. That today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do just thank you. We thank you so much for that gift. God, you have made us in a way where we long for things. We work hard. We have desires. And God, that's intentional, Lord. You made us in this way to be a people who, who aren't satisfied. And God, that is because we all have eternity set in our hearts. Lord, you have made us in a way that those aches and those longings, they will not be satisfied by anything we acquire or anything we experience except for you. God, we thank you for Christmas, the story of you coming to earth for us, sending a Messiah, an anointed one that would bridge the gap that we have because of our sin. Lord, we're grateful tonight for the opportunity just to, to rest in that truth, that you came near, that you made a way for us, and that you love us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.